Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, December 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is just so happy we are talking about some wins, Russ. Yeah, oh yeah, so much better. Always much more fun. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, And I'm here, as you just heard, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk about those back-to-back wins against Vegas and Arizona. We're going to touch on the info we got from the Board of Governors meetings last week, and then we'll wrap up with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So like we just talked about, we did get back-to-back wins against a very good team and a very bad team, which is a pretty good thing, I think, overall. You know, you're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, but then also compete against teams that are better than you. And and they certainly did that. Yeah, they did. And, and you could see where things have changed up a little bit. I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't want this to be a total, like, let's just dump on Nick Sealer's show. But just not having him in the lineup is a massive difference. There's a difference in Yandel. There's a difference in... The team, because a lot of teams were, especially on the road, were matching up against that bottom pair. And at least Connaughton can be a truck pan- transporter. He is good at getting the puck out, and and that was something Neil Sealer couldn't do. So, just that little change has already made them more competitive. Yeah, I agree with you there, and it's like not to knock on Nick Sealer. He has definite skill to him. It's just different. And I think when you're playing, especially a team like Vegas, that's a more skilled team, you need a guy that's more like Connaughton and less like Sealer in that instance. And it worked. And and it made Yandel look better. Absolutely. I agree with you there, too. Yeah, it's confidence, right? I mean, it's like, you know, all of a sudden Yandel's with a guy that he could see, all right, you know, if I screw up here, this guy could actually get the puck and bring it up the ice. Or if I'm in trouble, you know, that's those are those are good things. You know, as far as the lineup changes, a lot of these lineup changes are still wholesale changes. You're not going to keep Scott Lawton up on the top line all year. Things have been fortunate. He he has been like energetic, so that's good. So I think as a temporary change, that's good. It's not going to last the, the rest of the season. But I do feel like at least with some reshuffling of the lines, you have some players that are waking up. You know, JVR is an interesting one because in the game against Vegas, he had two horrible penalties. I mean, horrible, just dumb penalties. But then he scored. So it's like, all right, well, that erases one of them. So I'm still not saying he's on track yet. But at least there's there's a pulse. There, There's something to that because with JVR, obviously he got that one goal versus Vegas and he got two in Arizona. So you want to think that maybe one of his streaks of goals is – underway right now um, but there are some of his weaknesses to his his game were absolutely there but I did think 
that his positioning was much better in these two games that he was using a little bit more speed and getting to the right spot to create those opportunities for himself a little bit better than he had been. No, I think that's that's totally fair. I mean, you know, we all were happy about Max Wilman getting a goal. You know, that's great. Probably me more than almost anybody. Yeah, I, I would say you're the number one Max Wilman supporter out there, uh, except for maybe in the town of Massachusetts, wherever he lives in Massachusetts. But yeah, I think you're next. Uh, it was great. That was That's a great moment. That's also a big tension reliever for a team. You know, that's fun. So, you know, all of that looked good. There's still good things going on and bad things. I, I do hope now that people see Couturier is playing really well. Yeah. And so for the people that were sort of dumping on him or starting to dump on him, that was way too soon. I think so, too. Yeah. Coots had, um, I think, the incident that now makes him wear the full face shield now just knocked him a little bit but I think he's kind of getting back a little bit and um I'm I was very impressed with him in in both games actually and I do think you know looking at these games overall in terms of the flow of them and you know like I said earlier in terms of when you're playing a good team versus when you're playing a a less good team let's say you know in in the game against Vegas they had a good solid 50 minutes of hockey I mean obviously some lapses there Vegas did score but overall good 50 minutes the last 10 minutes were just a roller coaster ride and we have Carter Hart to thank for that right yeah partially due to the penalty situation but so they cannot do that sort of thing when they're holding on to a lead that's even just two goals against a very good team you can't be in the penalty box for six of the last 10 minutes. No. And, and luckily Vegas is struggling mighty on their zone entries, or we probably would have a different discussion right now. The one thing though, that is still worrisome is the flyers holding a lead. Yeah. Even against Arizona, they gave that lead right back. And, you know, thankfully, uh, Ved Melka gave the puck right to Patrick Brown to kind of give them a, a little shot in the arm goal. That may be the best goal that Patrick Brown will score this year. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the Listen, easiest. He was in the right spot, so he was. good on him for being smart about it. Yeah, and he had his stick down, and there was something to say always about. I learned that in charity games. If nothing else, just keep your stick down. You might get lucky. I just do still worry about them holding leads. Like holding leads is still an issue. I don't think that's going away. Yeah, it's just interesting to see the comparison between the two games because they were in a similar situation, but, you know, they were holding on for dear life against Vegas. But with Arizona, they got that additional insurance goal and Arizona isn't as good. So it was easier to keep the Oats at bay in that flurry toward the end of the game. You could see the Flyers were very easily able to keep Arizona to the outside more often. Whereas against Vegas, they were getting shots like right up the middle. No, that's true. And look, Arizona's an awful team, but still they were on a back to back. So that's what makes it a, a really good win. Now we'll see coming back home. Uh, we'll see how they, um, how they react. You know, they're, they're coming off this, this road trip. We'll see how they react at home. You do kind of wonder how the fans are going to react now. I mean, they've got a couple of wins under their belt. So now will the booze stay away? Or if they fall behind in a game, will the booze start again? 
I'm kind of like 50-50 on that. Yeah, that's just an interesting question. I do want to talk about uh, the power play a little bit more, though, in these two games because they were two for three in Vegas and one for three in Arizona. So, you know, that's 50% for the back-to-back. And that's not nothing with this team. And I'm wondering if you noticed anything in particular about what they were doing execution-wise. I think what I've noticed execution-wise was they were refraining from that extra pass or two. Like, I think mm-hmm. they, they finally realized, okay, if we pass here and this guy's open, shoot it. If we pass here, maybe there's one more pass, but let's not do two and let's just shoot it. And so I think they have sort of figured out there's a better way to economize their movements and still get the other team out of position. I think that's the biggest thing overall as a change that I noticed. Yeah, and I I think that applied to five on five a little bit as well. I don't remember. I think it was maybe Konechny that said post game that they're really just trying to get the shots and be less fancy and not wait to get set up. And I did notice that, I think, overall. All right. Well, it was a good couple of games. And we'll talk more about those couple of games in the week that just passed versus the week ahead later in the show. But does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a much simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so switching gears quite a bit here, the NHL Board of Governors met last week on Thursday and Friday to talk about some really key issues. And there's some interesting things that came out of it, I think. The the first thing was related to the Olympics. Gary Bettman mentioned that a number of players were, quote, expressing concerns about the Beijing Olympics and the uncertainty around the quarantine issues. But he said that the players really want to go and the NHL is committed to support the players if they want to go. All right. You know what this is like? This is like your dad saying, look, I know you're going on this whatever, whatever trip, or I know you're going on this date and I don't like the person. Go, but I'm not telling you to have a good time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even telling you I think it's a good idea because I think we know what Bettman thinks. They don't think it's a good idea. Now, we do have um, a little bit more insight as to the quarantining because I know people felt like there was going to be this magic NHL jet that would jet players out of there if you know they came down with COVID and they wouldn't be stuck in Beijing for five weeks, but they will be stuck in Beijing for five weeks. If they come down with it and you've got to have 
two two negative tests in 24 hours just to get there. And I just think if we're going to play the odds here based on the tightness of the All-Star game to then, I'm going to guess there's going to be a few players from the All-Star game that are going to not get negative tests in the 24-hour thing, which will hold up them going to Beijing. And I'm going to guess there's going to be some players that have to spend five weeks in Beijing. And I think now that players know that, I think there is going to be a bit of a mass exodus and a fair amount of them will not go just on that off chance that that happens. Yeah, I think that carrot was kind of dangled in front of them by what Bill Daly said about it, um, because he was the one that was talking more about the specifics of the protocol and, you know, potentially getting stuck in China. And so that January 10th date, that was, you know, I think, seemingly a hard deadline for the league is now apparently not a hard deadline. It's not a drop dead date. It's more of a soft deadline in their eyes. And they're willing to incur any financial penalties that they may have if they decide to extend the decision past that date. Yeah, because then the NHL knows if they're extending the decision past the 10th, the owners will gladly pay whatever penalty it is because the odds are then the players aren't going. Like that's what they know. They know that. So they're going to hold out to see if they can get the players to not go. But there's also the question that what happens with the built-in break to the Olympic schedule because of this. I know they have some alternative plans, but arenas in the meantime have booked concerts and and such. So that'll be an interesting thing to see what happens if people just get two weeks off. Who knows? Well, listen, like in some of the places, if Sticks and Loverboy have to like, you know, wait an extra day or <laughs> fix their schedule <laughs> they might they might have to but no i mean sticks and lover boy oh my god i had god. to bring up that one i just thought that's a weird combo i'm a big I sticks know. fan but i don't understand sticks and lover boy even for a minute but anyhow i'll, I'll move past that somehow i'll get past that but yeah. i just i do want to say that there are some canceled postponed games that they could reel back in and i do feel like the nhl probably could put in a smattering of games during that time, but the players still will get a hard week off. I think so too. I do want to talk about the other, I think, big information that came out of that meeting is about the salary cap. So we learned that it will go up 1 million next year to 82.5 million uh, because they have a revenue projection uh, above, a little above 5 billion at this point. And, you know, because of the escrow repayment from the player side of things, we've been stuck in a flat cap, but it will go up one next year, but it won't go up significantly until 2024-25 when that escrow will be repaid. Yeah, I mean, you could thank the TV deal for it going up next year, but like one million, like you're really just talking about an extra player. And that extra player that you add, you know, towards the end of camp or as the season begins, you, you invite one in. Um, that's what you're talking about. It, it's really not going to change the plans of teams dramatically. It won't. It, what it does do, at least for me, is give you a roadmap in terms of contracts. And, you know, for the next couple of years, are we going to see some more bridge contracts to get to that significant cap increase or, you know, are players going to still want to lock themselves in for long-term deals for less money? 
No, it's a good point. And I, I think we're living in a weird world where we're now like, you know, the cap's basically by the time we get to 2024, you know, we're talking about almost four years where there's been very little movement in the cap and we're acting like, yeah, that's kind of like normal, but the GMs didn't plan for that at the beginning and now can plan for it, but the GMs will spend right up to the cap and still try and get around it if they can. So I don't know, is this going to change the habits of some GMs for the next two or three years? I, I don't know about that. Yeah. And, you know, just looking at the Flyers in particular, I don't know that this is going to have a huge impact on the Flyers and their contract negotiations, just because, you know, the big ones don't really expire until after that significant increase. Obviously, we have the Drew situation, but that's a whole other ball game. But there's, you know, I mean, on the defensive side, sure, there's some there's some questions here. But the Flyers defense right now, at least the active ones, the Ristolainen's the only one that makes a significant amount of money that's going to be a big deal. Because even Travis Sandheim, I don't see him getting a significant bump in his next contract. So it's like, I I think that the Flyers are actually in pretty decent shape relative to this flat cap situation right now, unless they want to make significant moves. I'm just talking about the, the current player contract situation here. Yeah, I mean, with Ristolainen, this, this does give them the ability, I guess, to overpay him a little if they feel like they can keep them. So I think that's a positive. On the negative side, though, this may give them the feeling to keep giving Justin Braun the money until he turns into Mike Rafty, because I think at some point he will. All right. Well, I think the only other kind of bigger story to come out of that is the comments on the Arizona Coyotes arena situation, which is a mess in terms of, you know, them not paying the tax bill and, you know, we were talking right right before recording, Russ, and I, I think for me, what Gary Bettman is saying in terms of don't worry, there's nothing to see here is really just him trying to protect his legacy because having a successful franchise in Arizona is part of that. And this is just an ego thing for him. It has nothing to do with the practicalities of what's actually happening. No, that's entirely true. I mean, again... We can't act like the league is going to say, yeah, they may be moving. Uh, I, I think most leagues are never going to admit to it. And then that's why everything just sort of breaks down last minute. And then, you know, we could look. Here, here's what I would tell everybody to look for. And this is Coyotes fans, too. Uh, they'll either be a change right before the draft or at the draft. The Coyotes will be drafting players that will put on Coyotes jerseys. And then two weeks later, when they make the schedule, it'll be a different city. And that's what happens. That's what happened to Kevin Durant in basketball. You know, there are cards with him out there in a Seattle uniform, but, you know, <laughs> Seattle moved. And and that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. I don't see I don't see a path for anything else happening. Gary Bettman could say whatever he wants. He could hold it off. He could, you know, the water is leaking. The boat's filling up. And then there's also, you know, the Quebec government now that's coming into play. But we don't know if that's going to be for this or for Ottawa, to be honest, because Ottawa, you know, there there is no downtown stadium deal for them either. So if, if I'm the NHL, I'm going to say, Quebec, hold on. We got a team for you. It might just take another year. 
that building's not going anywhere, but we got to take care of this Arizona thing first. I just feel like Arizona is still going to go to Houston or someplace else like Kansas City or wherever temporarily where you could put them where they are, right? They're, they move divisions for a reason. If you put them, if, if, if all of a sudden they're in Quebec, you've got to change divisions again. Yeah, I think the Vultures are circling for sure, and Houston is probably the lead contender for them long term, but they may need to do something else temporarily. A lot remains to be seen in that situation. But yeah, a lot of interesting stuff from the league. And uh, we'll see. I mean, how, how do you this feel about it, out. though? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel very stable at the moment. No, I, I don't know that it is in terms of what's going on in Arizona. Ottawa, I'm a little dubious. I think they'll figure that out because it's in Canada. And I think Quebec is the only or Quebec City is the only place that they're really willing to to drag along, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Houston is going to get an NHL franchise for Christmas this year. But for me, this holiday season, I just need something to keep me going. And Built Bar is that perfect treat. It is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate. But it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat while being high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. And they have so many flavors to choose from. You'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to have that raspberry or the mint brownie, the cherry or the double chocolate? The cookies, the cookies and, and cream, cream or, or the, the peanut, peanut butter, butter brownie. brownie. Bill, Bill Bar gives, gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down, down those small doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. shoppers. Bill Bar can give you that little extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And if you want to cozy up with something warm when you get home, dip your Bill Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. You let it melt a little bit and it gives your hot chocolate a little bit of Bill Bar flavor. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and taste so good you won't believe they have that much protein. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right russ so it is time for our nemesis of the week which is always one of my favorite things to talk about because i get to talk about how i'm bitter and jaded and angry at something and you need to get that out like once a week right it's good to get that off your chest yeah it feels good to get it out of the way on mondays and then you're good to go the rest of the week if you're newer to the program, each Monday we identify who or what in hockey is our nemesis as people of the Flyers land for this upcoming week. Last week we talked about the five games in seven days as being our nemesis because it looked like a rough road ahead and boy was it. 
Um, we talked about uh, what it would take to be successful in that stretch. And I think we kind of agreed on six points or points in four of six, of the five games, right? Yeah. And so they did not do that. They got four points and they fired the coach. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a shortfall. It, it was, but, you know, I think it truly made it worthy of our naming it the nemesis, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think for me, this upcoming week, the nemesis of the week for the Flyers is winning winnable games. This week, our opponents are the Devils, the Habs, and Ottawa. And in theory, the Flyers should win all three of these games. Now, I know they lost to the Devils for the first two. And this is, uh, I think, the last game against the Devils. And so I think this is just one of those must-win games that you have to prove that you can win a game against a team like this that you haven't been able to thus far to, to show that you're on the right path. And then obviously the Habs are just bad. And Ottawa is is a also a winnable game. So I think that's really what's at stake this week for the Flyers is showing that they can win these winnable games. Yeah, I mean, I know that in Ottawa they won't be facing Matt Murray because I don't think Matt Murray's even played for Belleville. I think he's like quietly protesting. But I think they need to get five points. I don't think they're going to win all three games. I, I think the Devils game is still going to be an issue for them. But they need to get a point in the Devils game. Because right yes. now the Devils, you know, definitely have the speed factor. Jesper Bratt, it, it just seems to kill them lately. And so that's the big thing for that one. Win the other two, get the point from the Devils at least. It would be more ideal if they could win two, get two from the Devils and not give them any points because, you know, of the way the race is. But I'll, I'll settle for that. That sounds like a good plan. We'll see if they can execute. <laughs> All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, Russ, you alluded earlier to the fan sentiment of you know what's been going on with this team, and rightfully so. They they just snapped a ten game losing streak, which was not enjoyable for anybody, I think, and we certainly talked about that. And I think the fans were upset by it, and you know there was a certain contingency of fans on Twitter, which you know I'm absolutely for fans expressing their, you know, joy or their heartache in any way you want to and like, go for it. If you're upset with this team, show, show that, that and, and let, let the, the team, team know, know because, because I think, I think it's, it's useful. useful in terms of, you know, what the team decides to do in the future, especially when it affects them financially. So, you know, people changing their profile pictures to uh, bags over their heads and, um, you know, it, it was kind of funny, although it made my Twitter feed kind of confusing, I will say. When it first started, it, it took a little investigation. I will say this is, and like in most cases, a good choice to take a paper over plastic. Yes, sure. Absolutely. Got to be environmentally conscious in your fan protest. But uh, I think, you know, for me, the part that made it good in the end was that the Flyers kind of did a, nick, a wink and a nod toward it uh, when the game ended against Vegas, uh, ending that losing streak. And their official tweet you know, to say the Flyers had won the game and the caption was two points in the bag. So kudos to Flyers social media for, you know, acknowledging what the fans were doing and understanding how upset people have been, but also celebrating the win. Yeah, that's the right way to do it, actually. And not to be like, because, you know, if you left that up to players, some of the players would have been like, you know, 
aggravated about the bag thing and would have been snarkier about the tweet. But I think the Flyers handled it just right. I do too. I think, you know, and a good time was had by all, really. I think I think fans had a lot of fun with it and, and that's what you want is to have fun around this game. game. I don't know if they're putting the bags away though. That's that's a whole well, other thing. All right. Now they think it's what they need in order to win. Right. Because now of they're lucky bags. Exactly. Yeah. So I love it. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow to talk more about that matchup against the Devils. Hopefully the third time's a charm for them. And we'll dig into some Phantoms action as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.